Welcome to Goddess Era, a podcast about how to leave the people-pleaser version of ourselves behind and embrace our inner goddess. I'm your host, Amanda. Let's get this party started. Music! I've been searching for this all my life. It's just my type. I've been looking for a boy who can treat me right. Your dark hair with those eyes so bright. They look into my soul and it sparks my life. Can I take you there? Like it was the first time, do you remember? Can I take you there? Hello, my lovely muses. I hope everybody has had a great week. And welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I told you guys I was trying to get back regularly. So here we are. Today, I wanted to talk about frenemies because I had saw something on TikTok relating to bad friends, bad friendships. There's also just some people who keep on popping up on my Instagram and Facebook page that I used to be friends with and no longer am. And it keeps on suggesting that I follow them. No dice, no thank you have no reason to want to follow them. And I was thinking, I wonder if there's any other like types of frenemies because I feel like I've had a lot in my life and I have had a lot in my life. And it's because they come in all different shapes and sizes and fit into a different category. I started looking this stuff up and I was amazed by how many categories this one article had posted. So I started like going into it and basically bullet pointing each kind of characteristic of what these people were to me. So we're going to dive right in. So frenemies is defined as a person who pretends to be a friend, but in fact is an enemy. So just kind of those little snakes that hide in your boot and then all of a sudden bite you. That's your frenemy. That's what we're talking about here. Sometimes we can refer to them as a Regina George, a Karen. A narcissist can most definitely be a frenemy. And narcissistic abuse can happen in friendships as well. I hope everybody knows that. We will be going into that kind of episode later on when my friend Alicia can join on the podcast. So the first category of a frenemy that this one article had pointed out was called the rival. And it was defined as the know-it-all or the one who tried to one-up you all the time. So I'm going to go into the details of Miss Regina George, and I feel like I've kind of hinted at her before, but we haven't really fully discussed her, nor is this episode really going to discuss the full lengths of Regina George, because goddamn, there are so many of that bitch. But we're going to key point a couple of things. So Regina would try to get close to our group of friends and spill dirty secrets. She would kind of be known as the gossiper, where if you said like, don't say anything because I don't want to take away from such and such wedding day, birthday, things that they've got going on. I just want to like suffer alone with this type of situation. She would make sure that that secret was spilt the second she heard it. And I found this out because she gave me her phone one day and something told me, look up your name and her phone and see how much she shit talks you. So I did just that. And I started looking and it was the week prior, I was just in a really dark space and I was feeling really down and hard on myself. And of course, it was about a guy 
because a lot of my issues and self-worth is related to how I'm loved by a guy, which is something I am working on, but it takes time, you guys. And unfortunately, that's just one of the toxic traits that I have is I don't give myself enough credit when it comes to my own self-worth. But this isn't about me, so we're not going to talk about that. We are going to talk about the fact that she started texting my friend Ewan and was saying to Ewan that, help, I don't know what to tell Amanda, look at all of her text messages, and sent him screenshots of my texts saying how sad I was. And she goes, what am I supposed to do? Help me. I don't know what to tell her. Oh, this is so sad. Like, I don't know what to tell her. This is so gross. And it was more to make fun of me. And Ewan wasn't really engaging in this. He was like, I don't feel like Amanda would be comfortable with you showing me all of these because if she wanted my help, she would ask for it. And I don't know what to tell you because this is really weird that you're sharing these. She's like, no, it's not. It's fine. You're my best friend. She saw me reading those and she's like, oh my God, give that back to me. I had seen enough. And I was like, I can't believe you fucking did that. What did you get out of that? And she's like, no, I was actually genuinely looking for help. And I was like, no, you weren't. You were making fun of me. You were laughing at it. You kept on typing in LOL, how pitiful, how gross. This is disgusting. And I said, the only disgusting behavior about me being sad is what you just did. And I was like, you betrayed my trust. I'm never going to talk to you about that kind of stuff again. And she's like, no, you can totally talk to me about it. This is so not what I meant. And you're just taking it the wrong way. This is just you being really sensitive about it. It's just a really funny thing because I was asking for advice. So I was out in public with her at a bar. I wasn't going to make a huge scene. I didn't want to storm out. I just disengaged. And I said, okay, whatever. But notice when I'm saying that story, there was gaslighting involved in that. I was being overly sensitive. It was just a joke. Here's the thing about jokes. If you're the only one at laughing at your own joke that you just told, you're just a fucking asshole. And I will die on that hill because I'm so sick and tired of people in our lives basically making a stab at us just to tell us after we say that's fucking insulting and offensive, well, it's just a joke. Lighten up. If you're the only one laughing, you're just an asshole. You should lighten up when I say you offended me. That's the simple truth of the matter. Jokes are not supposed to be tearing one another down. Of course, you can make jokes about, oh, hey, remember that one time you were so stupid you ran into the door when it obviously said like push or pull or whatever, and you bumped your head and your nose started bleeding? Obviously, in time, that story might be funny. No, that never actually happened to me. That was just something I made up on the top of my head. But there's things like that that you can make fun of people with. Or you remember that one time you wore your shirt inside out for the entire day and we didn't notice until the end? Ha ha ha. That was so funny. You're so stupid. Kind of thing. That isn't basically making a joke at someone else's expense so you can have a fucking laugh. It's laughing about a funny memory that you guys have together. Not the same thing. So don't let people gaslight you into saying it's a joke. Ask them what the joke is. What's the joke? What's funny about that? See what they say. If they just freeze, they know it's not a joke. They're just trying to make you upset. Make them upset. Point those fingers back to them. So the next frenemy is the strategic frenemy. And the strategic frenemy was a friend 
that would utilize you to get perks and they would do so in a way where like their motives weren't always seen but you could see them down the line because they would slip up so i had this friend callie who would want to hang out with me when new movies were coming out because she knew while i was working at the movie theater i was able to sign my friends in for free to go and see movies and that was because i held a manager position at that time as a regular floor staff member i couldn't do that but as a manager anybody i wanted to sign in they got in for free it was a perk of the job it was great but if there was no new movies that she was actually interested in seeing she would die out of my social circle for a long time and i started to realize that so i didn't always hit her up when new movies that i knew she was going to want to see came out because she would come in to my text messages and say hey and i just quit responding because i was like i don't know you can pay to see this movie this is ridiculous so a few years go by of her just kind of chit chatting with me here and there and then once the movie release date came out i wouldn't actually hit her back up i would just let the movie pass and make her pay to go and see the movie because i had caught on by that point well a few years go by and she saw that i was working for disney at the disneyland resort in california and i get a very random facebook message from her she doesn't even have my phone number at this point she had to hit me up through facebook and she goes, hey, girl, I saw that you were look working for Disney. That's so great. Your dreams are coming true. And I said, yeah, it really is great. And after working there for a few months, you knew as someone came to you that you hadn't talked to in a while and mentioned the word Disney, they would automatically just start asking you for passes. And damn, did that come true with Callie. Because Callie then proceeded to ask for free tickets. So me and my friend are coming out to California. Can we get some tickets? Can you hook us up? And I lied and I said, oh yeah, you know, I don't really get good tickets at uh, Disney. Yeah, I don't have any free ones because my parents use them. So you should look at the hotel that you're staying at. Sometimes they offer discounted tickets. Oh, okay, that's a bummer. How stupid is that rule? Thanks anyways. She didn't ask to hang out with me when she was in California. She didn't ask to see me. She didn't say what day she was going to the park, nothing. She just wanted free tickets. And because she knew somebody that she used to be friends with, she thought that I was gonna be stupid enough to actually sign her into Disney. And because I told her no, a couple of days later, I looked at her Facebook page and it said, add as friend. She removed me as her friend on Facebook because I wouldn't sign her into Disney. Now that, my friends, is a very big strategic frenemy. I didn't get any type of thing from that relationship to give out all these free handouts. There wasn't actually times where she came over and was there for me in dark times. I was there for her quite often. Okay, so the next frenemy would be the unstable frenemy. And the unstable frenemy, as soon as I read that, I realized I had the perfect one in mind. And this is a girl who worked at the movie theater with me. And I don't know if I even listed her off on my last like movie theater episode where I was really talking about like the Rachel drama, but the unstable frenemy goes to Mackenzie. 
And that was a girl who became upset at any given reason. And y'all, when I say any given reason, I fucking mean it. There were times where people would post a lyric on Facebook. And if she had that same lyric within like the last three months, she would text you and go, did you even really hear that song? Have you ever actually listened to it? Because it happened to be the same lyric of the song because it's like the course of the song. And she did that with me on the song Nine in the Afternoon. And that's by Panic at the Disco. I actually had that song pre-saved on both my phone and my brother's like Nokia or Samsung phone at the time. It was before smartphones existed, but the new hit thing back in the day was to add music to your phone. So that was what we got as a pre-saved song to display what it could do. And it would play the course. And I think it played the whole song on my brother's phone. And I got about 30 seconds of a tidbit of it, which was the course of the song. So it was nine in the afternoon. So I had posted that and she got so upset with me. And I said, I've heard that song for over a year because it's on my phone. And she goes, I doubt that you just copied that off of my status. The hypocrisy in that statement was hysterical because she had copied so many people's statuses before. It was unreal. And my mom had made a joke about how you should never set your expectations high. Otherwise, you'll just end up disappointed. And I had posted that as a status in the same day she posted it. This was not a famous quote. This wasn't anything like that. It was a thing from my own mother that she decided to copy off of me, but she didn't see the hypocrisy. She just wanted to be that unstable person who got mad at anything she possibly could because it gave her attention. It gave her the drama that she so thrived on. So she would do this all the time with people. There was always just these deep, dark, emotional quotes on her Facebook, on her Instagram, whatever, to get people to quote unquote check in on her, make sure she's okay to the point where when people were working with us and they were new and they added her, they would come up to the manager saying, I'm worried about Mackenzie because she's posting these really dark things. Like they spoke up, which was great on their end, but we had to say, don't worry about it. She's fine. We're checking in with her on a regular basis. Because at that point, we kind of were because she did it so often that everybody came up to us concerned, which I'm glad people were concerned, but it was a lot. And if people didn't actually show her that they cared enough to her standard of checking in every single post or every single day, there would be a temper tantrum thrown. And I'm not talking just like shutting down and disassociating. No, because then we knew that something would be up if she did that. It would be throwing a literal temper tantrum and drama, cursing under her breath, calling people names. And with her, my last stance with it was when she became a pot stirrer and she took me to dinner at TGI Fridays and she started talking to me about my life, what I was up to, about the Peter drama that I had going on and his current girlfriend, but no one really knew that they were boyfriend girlfriend because they weren't supposed to be dating because they were coworkers and he was a manager. It was this big drama filled circle that I wasn't really involved in. I just kind of knew about it and I watched from afar. 
And it wasn't confirmed, so I wasn't trying to spread stories or anything like that. I just had asked, is Peter dating this person? And she goes, I don't know. And I said, I think they are, but whatever. It's not my business, not my monkeys, not my circus. That went back to the girlfriend and to Peter. And the girlfriend hit me up saying, quit talking about me and Peter. This is ridiculous. And I said, all I had asked was this one simple question. It wasn't even supposed to get back to you. So the fact that it did really kind of pisses me off because I was just curious. But you're right. It's none of my business and I will never ask again. I'm sorry. And she's like, thank you for apologizing. No problem. I was in the wrong for spreading gossip or even asking that question. I will own that. However, it was also wrong on Mackenzie's end to go back and act like the super secret spy for Peter and Amber, we'll call her, and just say, Amanda was saying this and Amanda was saying that. So when I found that out, I started to slowly phase her out of my life as well to the point where at the time, I don't know if it still does, but Facebook has a restrict button. And when you restrict a person, it basically just clears out your entire Facebook page. You're still friends with them, but they can't see anything that you're posting. So I did that to her because I just figured I would unfriend her as soon as I got to California in January. I got the biggest text message novel. I don't remember all that it said, but it was like, I can't believe you restricted me. You're such a bitch. Every name in the book that she can possibly think of. And she just said that I was the toxic one. And I said, I don't like to associate with people who just go and spread everything that I said at dinner to the people that I was talking about. And if you actually had an issue with it, you should have just said, I'm uncomfortable with the situation or this topic. Can we change the topic, please? And I would have been happy to. You betrayed my trust. I don't know why you think I would trust you. She ended the text message with, January can't come soon enough. And then I blocked her off of Facebook after that. And I haven't really spoken to her since. She did have the audacity to hit me up while I was at Disney asking me for help on her Disney College program application. And because I'm a people pleaser, I gave her some help and some pointers and said, good luck. Thankfully, she went to Florida while I was in California and I never had to see her again. Okay, last but certainly not least, another Regina George story because her name is Regina. Okay. This one is called the backstabbing frenemy. And Miss Regina, yet again, because we had seven years of utter bullshit with you, you get another spot in this lineup. And this is actually the straw that broke the friendship's back for me. I was going through the hardest breakup I have ever been through in my life because this is my longest relationship I had had with someone. We were looking at engagement rings like I thought this dude was the one. And all of a sudden, everything came crumbling down within a matter of a month. At first, it was, I don't know if I want kids to, I want to break up. And it was hard. It was just really unexpected. I went into a complete just manic episode of depression where I just wanted to sit in bed and Regina knew that I was utterly devastated. So she invited me to go to a holiday sightseeing party in a party bus that her family had rented. And I was like, that sounds awesome. Do I have to pay anything? Cause I'm kind of broke. And 
she was like no you're fine this is free they rented it out as a christmas gift to everybody so just like bring your own booze and i said bet can we stop at a liquor store and of course we were going to stop at a liquor store her family can drink so i already kind of knew that we were going to go there however what i didn't realize was that she was going to pull something in front of her family but it wasn't in front in front of her family it was while we were away we got out of the bus to look at this one walk through house of lights and stuff like they had interactive things that we could walk through and the thing about regina is when she goes somebody told me no one told her because she will name drop the second she has an instance to and she didn't name drop so someone told me means i was thinking this in regina language someone told me that we should move in together because we can't keep a relationship down I was a week into my breakup at that point when she said that she couldn't keep her relationship down and her relationship i mean marriage because she cheated on her husband repeatedly for two years and their third child was not her husband's it was her mistress so of course you can't hold down a relationship when you do that i did no infidelity our thing was completely different and i didn't know what to do because i just lost who i thought was the love of my life and i had no idea what was going on and what i did wrong and what could i do to save this relationship was there a way to save it so when she said that we got back into the bus and she's like you're quiet is everything okay in front of her entire family and her family starts looking at me and i just wanted to cry and break down and i realized you did this so you could look like the savior to your family and act like amanda's just emotional because of her breakup but i'm here to comfort her because i'm such a good friend when she was the shittiest friend i could probably ever have i would take any of these other frenemies back before i took regina back and I just said, yeah, I'm just, you know, I'm kind of getting tired because like we've done a lot of walking and stuff and I drank a lot of wine. She goes, oh, yeah, that's totally understandable. So she keeps trying to act like we're best friends after that. And in her mind, I guess we were. And she asks me to be the maid of honor in her next marriage because she was already engaged before she was divorced to her now ex-husband but she had just said that she couldn't keep a relationship down so when we think about that and we calculate it out that wasn't a stab with her it was just a stab at me so i could not get out of that party bus fast enough and i just got into my car i didn't even go inside to take a bathroom break i stopped at the gas station to go to the bathroom that i really had to use and i left because i did not want to be around her anymore i was done and at this time, my ex-boyfriend was living with me and he was in my second bedroom because we were obviously broken up. So he moved into the second bedroom as we were trying to figure out what was going on with his living situation. And I come home to get my dog out of his room and I just start crying to him. And he goes, what did she say? And he knew how Regina was. And I said, I'm not going to repeat this to you. And I don't think I ever did just because I didn't want him to get upset but we actually ended up getting back together for another two years before we broke up again but 
I'm not going to thank Regina for that because it wasn't for her. It was because he actually started comforting me and actually started saying, like, I do care about this girl. What am I doing? And I am kind of happy that that situation happened because, yes, it brought me love for another two years, but it also helped me cut out a very toxic, loving relationship that I had with her because as much as I loved her and was there for her and obviously I loved her because I was still hanging out with her after all the shitty things she did to her ex-husband after all the shitty things she did to my friend like this was love and I wasn't reciprocated and she is the classic number one friend of me in my book but they come in so many different shapes and sizes that it's hard to actually track down who is a frenemy and who is actually a friend. And it's sad because this is just manipulation tactics. And we can't give in to these manipulation tactics because all it does is bring us down. So you have to evaluate your friendships. What are you getting out of it? When you hang out with this person, do you feel exhausted? Do you feel pissed off? If you do, you need to reevaluate that friendship. I have a really great friend who I mostly text with just because she lives 45 minutes away from me. And when I do hang out with her, I feel so refreshed. I feel like I kind of went through a therapy session because we can just go off on random tangents about life. We can have little crying type conversations and then we're good. And it's like that therapeutic release. I have other friends that I just, you know, I mostly drink with, but we're there for one another as soon as we need it. I got, um, broken up with via a text message recently with a guy that I was seeing for three months and that hurt and I became super upset and my friend came over and was here for me and brought all of the booze because she was like let's do this we're at heartbreak central again and I'm like we're not like there but I do need booze right now like I just want my Tito's I want whatever pink vodka thing you just brought me because it's pink and it looks delicious and we can just like talk and vent and just sit here and be friends and it was great but had i done that with someone like any of these girls it would have come at a cost it would have come with drama from mackenzie it would have come with backstabbing from regina it would have come with well when are we going to go see this movie when are we going to do this with callie so why would I hang out with any of those people in my life when all it was was costing me more energy than what I was actually willing to give because they weren't giving me that same amount of energy. It was, I'm just going to use her for this. I just want to do this. I just need to see if I can get attention done. Obviously, we're not all perfect, and I'm sure we are another person's frenemy in a different story. I know that I probably became a frenemy to a specific girl in high school because when she quit talking to me and didn't give me a reason, and then all of a sudden thought everything was hunky-dory two weeks later, I did not want to talk to her because I was like, no, you need to be an adult and tell me what I did that was so upsetting to you that you decided to cut me out of your life for two weeks. I'm not okay with you just acting like that because I have to deal with that at home for my sister all the time. I'm not going to deal with it here at school with you. And we didn't really speak after that. And that was fine by me. I didn't need somebody in my life like that. But she also probably didn't need someone like this, like me, in her life. Maybe I did do something wrong and I still don't know what it was. And I do know that I have cut friendships out and people are like, it's because you're a toxic friend. Great, bet. Okay, well, I will go and work on myself. You go work on yourself. However, we all have to evaluate friendships. 
It's not just a one-way street. A friendship is a relationship. It takes both sides to actually work at it. If you have a one-sided friendship, is it actually a friendship? I love you guys. I will talk to you all next week. Can I take you there? Like it was the first time, do you remember? Can I take you there? Back to when we felt like this was forever. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. If you like what you heard, go ahead and give me a follow and a cute little review down below.